0: Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hey, hey. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. A sleepy and sick Matthew Kuhn.
1: Sleepy and a little under the weather. but we're one. we're pushing through. But it's draft week. <laughs> I'm
0: proud of you, Matthew.
1: A little less exciting. It than, is not. Than it's like the last l- draft weeks.
2: It's the least excited I've been heading into the draft. Uh, <laughs> it's here in Nashville, which is awesome. So there's like fun stuff with that. But. As far as the Browns go, like I'm normally like having a hard time sleeping. I'm normally like so nervous, I and
0: none of that is happening right now. Michael it's, is normally a physical wreck. Last year at about this time, he was an emotional and physical wreck. It's true. Every time I saw him, he was like, oh, man, I'm just so nervous. It was the first thing that came out of his mouth every single it time. It was so true. I knew how
1: important
2: <laughs> the decision was of picking the quarterback and – I was so scared we were going
0: to get it wrong, and fortunately, all the evidence that we have thus far points to us making the correct decision. So It was absolutely visceral. Well, before we get too far, I want to take the time to mention that this podcast is brought to you by Barbasol, the Barbasol Shave Club, featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus razor, Barbasol, the brand trusted by generations of men for nearly 100 years to deliver a close, comfortable, and clean shave. Visit Barbasol.com to join the Barbasol Shave Club today. If you use discount code BROWNS, that's B-R-O-W-N-S, at checkout, you get to receive your starter kit for just $1.99. What a deal. hmm What a deal. Don't have to be nervous about shaving anymore. Shave with Barbasol. They'll deliver the razors right to your door. Um, so, draft is coming up this Thursday. Draft is not happening for the Browns this Thursday, hopefully, but we'll pick up on Friday and on Saturday. Um so today for this podcast, it was a, a little bit more extensive last year at this time. Uh, but this time we're gonna talk a little bit about some other Browns news. We're gonna talk about the schedule release that happened um last week. Um all sorts of exciting games on the docket for that, um, which is obviously a big deal to all Browns fans. And then um Michael, Matthew, and I are gonna go through our best case and worst case scenarios for day two. Um, those second and third round picks. And then we have a little handy-dandy printout here that we got from MyBookie online, and uh, it's a bunch of prop bets for the NFL draft. So we're each going to get $1,000, and we're going to allocate those to our own liking. We're going to see who made the most money. We're not actually going to be gambling, but we're just doing this fake gambling that we like to do. Competing against each other, which is Just as good. Just as good. We should, we should put some money down next year for whenever we do all the odds. We should, like, put a dollar down for every game that we pick.
2: This is the way I do this. On the NFL draft, there's very few things I feel like I actually pay more attention to than the NFL draft. And so these prop bets, I end up feeling really confident in. And I can't remember how I came out. I think I was barely positive last year in my money. But if I come out positive again this year, like, hold me to this, that I will put real money down on these bets next year. Because, like, it's... I'm way more confident in this than betting on any, about anything
0: else. I would not say that that's how I feel about the <laughs> NFL draft. I would not be putting my money down. But the schedule, right? That's what we're going to lead off with. Yeah. So um, the schedule just got released. What are you guys most excited about the schedule? Obviously, there's a ton of primetime games. We've got four primetime games, two Monday night games, um, and a Thursday night game and a Sunday night game against week three against the L.A. Rams. Um, what are you guys most excited about for?
2: I mean, we we were lucky in our draw of just how the schedule lines up for us because we're playing the AFC East and we're playing the NFC, is that the West? Yep. It's the West, right? With the Niners and the Rams and all them. And it's just a favorable draw in general. And then when you actually get to see it laid out, it's like, yeah, this is great. And then we got lucky in coming off the bye to play the Patriots where we get extra time they're going to be on a short week we're going to have like two weeks rest coming into that game like it is in New England like it's still not going to be an easy game but like some of those little things just worked out for us Um, I, I'm just excited we've been talking about like what the ceiling is for this team and then now to actually see it on paper like what the path and the diff- to be able to play out different scenarios so, like that's the fun part it feels a lot more real now to talk about the Browns making a push for the playoffs and all that.
1: What's nice is that you always want to get off to a good start. And the the Titans are a pretty good team, but not a great not a great uh, opponent. Certainly beatable team. Certainly a beatable team at home. You get to start. Um, at that the that Jets, actually is huge. At the Jets the next week. The Jets are, are not a very good team. So you have the, the opportunity. The Jets think
2: they're a good team. Jets fans think they're like in, oh, like going to be competitive. Oh, Jets think
1: they're a good team
2: because they added C.J. Mosley and like, Le'Veon Bell.
1: Have fun. <laughs> I don't know who's. I mean,
0: how much? Could and Jamison Crowder.
1: I think they also added.
2: That was their wide receiver pickup.
1: Okay. Like, like like have fun. I I don't know what to tell Jets fans at this point, but um, the Jets are are. Most likely not going to be a good team this year, um, so we have a, a good opportunity to go to go two and zero. And then coming into like our, in... our first test, real challenge of the year.
2: That could um, easily be one and one though. I think the Titans game is tough.
0: <laughs> like I, it
1: could be, it could be, but we're at home,
0: building off of all this hype, which to be set up for disappointment. Could I mean, set yeah. up for disappointment, but I also think that it's going to be raucous in Cleveland. And the, the, at Titan- first energy. the
1: Titans aren't a great team. Like like I don't I don't know where in the Titans they're roster very, they're better than we are.
0: They're a very good team though. Like they they're went really to that solid overtime game. all the way around. They went to that overtime game with the Chargers and they had every opportunity to beat the Chargers late in the season last year.
1: Yeah, and they 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 beat the Patriots last year, but then they also lost to all these really crappy teams.
2: I just, don't year, wanna, year. I just don't want to overlook the Titans, because I know that if the right Titans team shows up, they could easily beat the Browns. Yeah, yeah I mean, that
1: could be said, for just about every team in the <clears> NFL, <throat> I'm, I'm happy to start the season at home against the Titans. Um, and then the schedule gets hard, kind of in the middle of the season. You've got, you've got Rams, Ravens, at Ravens, at 49ers, Seahawks by Patriots. Yeah, it's good
0: that it's that's good that tough it's know, good to that, to that bye week. There. It's really good that that bye week is in between the Seahawks and the Patriots because facing them back to back would be challenging. One of the things that I'm most excited about in the schedule release is that uh, three or four, five of our, sorry, five of our six divisional games are all in the back end of the season. Whenever we have Kareem Hunt back, and it's true, and it gets colder, and you need you know to rely on the ground game a little bit more. I mean, more to have that depth in our running back room at the end of the season. I mean, all we have to do is we have to play the Ravens once. Uh, see, without uh, Kareem Hunt. this first half of the schedule, though, like, it's definitely
2: harder in the first half before the bye week and much easier in the second half. And it's, like, crystal clear that that's the case. So we have seven games on the front half and then nine games on the back half. It is a
1: very easy cruise to the finish, schedule-wise. I mean, coming
2: down the stretch after that Patriots game, it's at the Broncos. We play the Bills. We play the Steelers on Thursday night. Dolphins. We go to the Steelers. We play the Bengals. We have
1: ten days to prepare for the Dolphins at home.
2: (laughs) The Dolphins will... That'll do. Fitzmagic even be alive at that point? Yeah. Um, Then we go to the Cardinals... We play the Ravens and then we go to the Bengals to finish the year. Like, have, those Bengals games, like, they might not even be starting a competent quarterback at that point. I like, have a, if the season goes poorly. Like there's just so many crazy things that can happen. That back half of the schedule is poor.
0: I have a hard time saying there's even a chance that we lose two of our last four games. Oh, yeah, there's no Bengals, that's not gonna happen. Bengals I mean, twice Bengals, the Cardinals, Cardinals and the Ravens. Bengals. I mean, we could lose the Ravens, but We probably beat the Bengals twice, and we almost definitely beat the Cardinals. Yeah. And that you have to finish the season strong if you want to make the playoffs, which is super favorable. But looking on the flip side, if you look at the front half of the
2: schedule, I think, like, with our optimistic offseason lens, we think positively about playing the Titans. But I think that's a toss-up from what I've already said. The Jets, we should beat. We're better. But that's an away game. Like, in primetime, that's not going to be simple.
1: All right, look, we're at
2: and the we're Rams, at the point. and the Ravens, and the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Like all of those games are tough. None of those are simple.
1: It's tough to know what the 49ers are going to be, but going going on the road on Monday Night Football to play the 49ers
0: across the country. It would seem that they're going to be and then, formidable with Jimmy Garoppolo back. We haven't we've only seen their that in a very, very short window. And, and they when have to he come back there? on
1: a short week to play the Seahawks, which that, that might be our toughest game.
2: I mean, but... So those are... Oh, I got the games wrong. I said we had seven on the front half. It's only six. I apologize to everyone listening to our podcast. Uh, but it, it's possible. We could be two and four in a worst-case scenario, I think, like going into the bye week. Like, that's a worst-case scenario.
0: But... I definitely could see that happening. It makes it you, it makes that at We the only Ravens. beat the only beat the Titans and the Jets and we drop four straight. Or you only beat the Jets and the 49ers.
1: But the Ravens are beatable too, right? It's at the Raven. I mean given given what they've done yeah, this offseason, starting so. Lamar Jackson like that game in a, in a historical lens like looks really difficult, but it's probably one of the more attainable games on the front six of that schedule.
2: Yeah. Like how are you hoping w- at what point do you feel worried versus like comfortable coming out of those six games, heading into the bye week?
1: If we're three and three, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable, assuming that we like don't just like squeak out three wins and then get slaughtered in the other three. Right. Um, if we're two and four, I think you're disappointed, even though the schedule is yeah. pretty tough. Yeah, if you're worse than that, you're decimated. Really nervous.
2: <laughs> okay, but I think we're. I think it. I'm with you. I think three and three is I like think we're I'm be okay. Four and
1: two coming out of.
2: I would like to be four and two, but if we're three and three, I'm okay. And I don't know if the Browns fan base is going to be
0: okay if we're three and three, at that particular point in time. Oh, I think they will be. Mm. Think about how excited we were after our losing season this year. But the expectations have been ratcheted up. How? Yeah, no, that's that's all well and fair. But you, once you get into the season, you're just going to be excited about every single win that you can get. I mean, like, I constantly, I don't know if you do this in your head, I'm constantly trying to get back to 500, looking at the games <laughs> coming up on the rest of the season. That's, like, how I do my mental calculations all throughout the season. And I think Browns fans are doing that all across the country. If we're at 500 through our first six games with some of these teams, I mean, I think I think you're fine because then – at that point, anything can still happen with all of these games left in the year.
1: How outrageous will the expectations be if we come out of the gate 3-0? If we, if we beat, beat the, the Rams, Rams on Monday night?
0: They'll be through the roof. Too, too much. It might not even be good for the organization. <laughs> yeah. It would be ridiculous. I've thought about that too. All right. What are... Um, you have to pick two games right now that you think we're going to lose and two games that we're definitely going to win. I'll go first. Yep.
1: Um, games I think we're definitely gonna win. Um, I think the the Dolphins in week twelve coming off the long week, Dolphins have to come to the cold weather. Yeah, it's up to I, Cleveland. I think is,
2: is a it's Thanksgiving week probably a pretty
1: easy, lock easy it up. W week lock twelve for a win. Um I think I think the Bills at home in week ten. Is, you can is pick almost any week. game in the back half know, of the schedule aside from. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I honestly, the two hardest games I think we have in our schedule are week three and week six. Um, when they're in. And but they're both at fortunately, home? they're both at home. But week three is the Rams. Three's the Rams. Week three the Rams. They're both primetime. Or no, the Seahawks isn't primetime. Uh, but Seahawks is coming off a short week. We play Monday Night Football the week before, we play the Seahawks at one o'clock.
2: Yeah.
0: I do think that's one of the be tough Seahawks, though.
2: They were ten and six last year. They have Russell Wilson. They have an okay risk. Like they're fine, but I feel like if the Browns want to make the playoffs and make any noise this year, like that's a game they got to be real. The Browns have to be real competitive. In. Like they should not get blown out by the Seahawks by any means. Like I don't think the Seahawks are built to blow anyone out.
1: No. I don't think so either.
2: Like I think that's a good barometer game for the Browns. Like that's a good measuring stick. Like where are we? Who are we? What do we, like do we really have what it's gonna take to make some noise this year or are we still a year off? To me that game at home against a team like that, like if you make the playoffs and you gotta play a team like the Seahawks, you need to beat that team if you're gonna do anything. Yeah. And so, at home, you got to take care of business in that sort of game.
0: Do you think that's one of our tougher games, though, like Matthew? Yeah, I do. Are you going to go with the Rams and the Seahawks? Our so schedule is
1: fortunate that most of our away games are not against difficult opponents. With right. The pa- yeah, the Patriots, Patriots definitely. Ravens,
2: maybe? Patriots, the Patriots sort of is by far our hardest yeah. away game. Yep. 49ers. So, I think the games we're going to win, there's a lot of options, so I'll pick ones that Matthew didn't pick. Um, definitely going to the <laughs> Cardinals in week 15. 15. The Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL. They were the worst team in the NFL last year, and they literally haven't done anything to make their team better besides, like, some ridiculous moves. Like, they haven't signed anyone notable. They do have the number one pick, but, like, that means they very well might be starting a rookie quarterback.
1: The, the Dolphins might be the worst team in the league.
2: Because <laughs> they've, they've taken, they've stripped their roster. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. No, they're both bad. We had the same conversation last year, and the Dolphins were in the conversation with the Bills to be terrible. Um, the Cardinals and the Dolphins are the two in the conversation this year.
0: The Dolphins are tanking for two, all right? I mean, they should be.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: My my buddy who's a Dolphins fan wants him to tank for two years and get Trevor Lawrence. He, he's, like, fully committed to, to I the, the two-year tank, No, you which can... would really be a four-year tank if you I, look I mean... at the, what the Dolphins have been doing.
0: I mean... Just theoretically, it is exactly the right move. However, really clear the cap. Sitting sitting in it, we all know is not the most fun. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. I had fun the whole time. We were recording. There's evidence of exactly how we handled the
2: entire situation. (laughs) Yep. All on our podcast. But then the final game of the season, Week 17. Even though we go to Cincinnati. My assumption is that Cincinnati is going to be below 500 at that point, not be playing for anything. Substantially below 500,
1: mm-hmm. I would imagine. I,
2: they had injuries last year that led to them being pretty bad. But if they are healthier this year, I don't know that they'll be anywhere near that bad. But I have zero faith in the coaching staff that they just put together. So that makes me like particularly wary of like their prospects for this season. And so... I just think they're going to be in a situation where they don't have anything to play for, and we're going to be able to roll right over them in Week 17. So those would be my two easy games. The two tough games, there's no doubt that that Rams game is going to be tough, but then that Patriots game, going to Gillette is going to be tough no matter who you are. And even though it's after the bye week, and even though the Patriots are going to have a short week coming into that one, I don't think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are going to want to like hand the reins over to... Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens, and I'm pretty sure that I believe more in Bill Belichick's coaching ability at this point than Freddie Kitchens. There is a favorable. That scares me.
1: There is a favorable. Wow. hot take, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the schedule really falls in our favor with that Patriots game, though. We're coming off the bye, and the Patriots are coming off Monday Night Football.
2: I've said it twice already on this podcast that that's the case. Did you? Sorry, yes. I wasn't
0: listening. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It is true that, but that Man. is a huge break. Nevertheless, that that deserves a little bit more airtime because if there's anything that's going to give us a chance to be able to beat the Patriots, it's that exactly that we're going to have yeah. two weeks to prepare solely for the Patriots, and they'll they'll be coming off a short week.
2: So you know how I've told you about my friend who used to work in the NFL offices, like in the scheduling department. Yeah. So he was part of the little team, is like four people or whatever that puts the schedule together, and it's like a three or four month process. Anyways, it's like Peter King's little pet, like he like is close with that part of the NFL, and he does like reporting around this. Like every year, he did a podcast about it, just this week, and I listened to it. Literally a third of the podcast was talking about how all of the networks wanted the Cleveland Browns, and that they had to figure out which games they would give the networks. Of the Browns.
0: That's so interesting. If they're all the networks are clamoring and they only give four.
2: Well, that's why they're all on the front half of the schedule. Because and then, then can we can flex six. and we flex can get too. flexed in the back half of the schedule. Okay. That makes so sense. So that's why they're all so early, because that's like what everybody wanted. And like we, the We play on Monday night football
1: twice in the first five weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's wild.
0: <laughs> I can't remember. Oh that's Anyways. fantastic. Well, I'm super excited about that Jets Monday Night Football game because it is just going to be a throwback to the highlight of my life as a Browns fan. When Baker came in against the Jets during that last primetime game, was that Thursday Night Football? Week three. It was week three because we were wearing our color rush. Thursday Night Football. Uh, Baker came in, led us to victory, the start of the new era. Hopefully we'll get a little bit, another taste, another taste of that sweetness. Um, Okay, now... Floor and ceiling record. Looking at the schedule right in front of you, mm. really highly optimistic ceiling, and then super pessimistic floor. And describe. Tell me how how does that happen? How do we get there? I'll take this one first. Um, you want me to go
2: ceiling or floor floor first? You do whatever you feel called to do. I'm Michael. a pessimist by nature, so I'll do the floor first. Really? <clears throat> I think so. I always look at the worst case scenario for everything what bad could happen here uh yeah, um, you're you're in
0: enneagram one a little pop culture there
2: i let's assume like taking injuries out of
0: out of this mm-hmm. right
2: like if Baker mayfield gets hurt we're effed.
1: our, our floor is 4 and 12 <laughs> right like <laughs> that
2: throws everything out the window so it's like not worse let's assume yeah. a relatively healthy roster like Baker mayfield makes it through the year i would say our floor is like eight and eight I think that's like a worst-case scenario for this schedule. The back half is Where just so simple. Where are those eight games, though? That we lose? I guess that you could... The tight... I, so we already, I already told you what I thought my worst-case scenario was so in the front half. So that's three, three that's, and three in the front half. No, four.
0: Oh. I said two, and, two four and four
2: heading into the bye. And then you lose to the Patriots. Then you lose to the Steelers twice. That's seven. Then you lose to the Ravens at the end of the, the season. That's eight. Okay. Definitely possible. Definitely possible. I don't think it's probable. I think my highly optimistic. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew do do your floors.
1: I think our floor, assuming assuming health, is probably like seven and nine. I think we get off to a slow start.
2: Even more pessimistic than me.
1: Get off to a slow start. You could drop a game at the Titans. Um, We lose against our our classic division, like foils, right? Uh, Against. Both games against the Ravens both games against the Steelers
0: the hell that it would happens. be the worst
1: we obviously lose to the Patriots Seahawks Rams so that's eight losses and then we can throw in another loss say to uh, the Seahawks there yeah. and that's that's nine losses on the year
0: no, that's, it, yeah that's
1: kind of just falling back into our
0: like that's what typical we did patterns do oh my gosh, if we lost the Ravens twice and the Steelers twice, I'd blow my brains out. <laughs> I'd be done. We do need to be at least 4-2 in
2: the division.
0: Absolutely. We
2: yes. have to be at yep. least 4-2 in the division.
1: And what's right. funny is coming in this year, there's no division games where I'm like, I'm oh, man, I'm okay losing that one. But yeah, like just I'm going into each of the division games being like, no, we can beat the crud out of that team. For
2: sure. So that takes us to the optimistic side of things. I think 13-3 and three is the ceiling. I've heard other people, even people I respect, like Doug Lee Ramirez is like 14 and two. Firm on the 14 and two. 14 and two,
1: like so many things have to fall your way. It just doesn't
2: happen often. Like there's very few teams, like only the elite of the elite teams, like in the NFL, make it 14 and two. And so I just think too many things have to go right. It's a new coaching staff, first time head coach. Only the second year for Baker Mayfield. New players, like there's so many moving parts. If we make it to thirteen and three, that is phenomenal. There's definitely three games we're gonna lose throughout the season. It's football.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think fourteen and two is crazy, especially because the incentives at the end of the year, when, if you're if you are on track for a season that good, like your last game or two, like you <laughs> might not be fighting for anything. You may have already locked up home field advantage. Um,
2: but we're still not going to lose to the Bengals in Week 17. Probably, so that would only sacrifice Week 16 against yeah, the Ravens. Against the Ravens. I'm going to
1: say I'm going to say 12 and four. I think I think that front.
2: Whoa half... whoa whoa whoa! You've told me a few weeks ago that that's what your record prediction was for the Browns.
1: Did I? I don't remember.
2: <laughs> it's I don't think it's on the podcast, but like yeah, prove it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I might have it in a text thread.
1: But the the front half of our schedule is pretty tough. It's going to be challenging. I think coming but you can at, easily... coming out of there at four and two is pretty good, pretty optimistic. And then we've got ten more games down the stretch.
2: If the Browns are what if the Browns are better than four and two coming out of that? Five, if we're like five, five and one, one, I might die.
1: It'd be nasty.
2: I'll be like dancing.
0: Everywhere that I go, if that's the case, we have a lot because of because the fact of the matter games. is, we will absolutely if we are five and one at that bye week break, we are absolutely set. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely oh. set.
1: Oh we, yeah, we only have one more challenging game the rest of the season,
0: and it's right after the bye week. Essentially, yeah. Like I'm really
2: viewing the schedule as like how well can we do in those first six games? I feel like it completely like sets the stage for the rest of the season because. I know we're going to win 75% of the games in the second half.
1: You would certainly hope so.
0: Yeah. If
2: Yeah. So anyways,
0: Optim- I, I can't wait. Optimistic for Matthew is 12-4. and four. All right.
1: I think so. I just think ugh, it's hard to go. It's hard to do better.
0: Matthew seems like the pessimist to me. <laughs> All right. So talking about optimism, um, this is our last podcast before the draft on Thursday night. Um, let's talk a little bit about that and what we want the Browns to do. Um, day two. Uh, so I want to hear what your guys best case and worst case scenarios are for day two. Matthew, what do you want to have happen? What would be your ideal scenario? And, um, all three of us will dive in on this a little bit. And then what, what would be just the absolute worst thing for John Dorsey to do in your opinion? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I think my best case is that we stay put and pick players of need. So if, if I was had to pick players here for our first two picks, I would go Taylor Rapp, the safety out of Washington, and then if we could get a defensive tackle or interior D-line help, uh, somebody like Kalen Saunders in the third round, um, somebody to be a, What about Tristan a Hill? One tech UCF kid? Mm-hmm. I, I like him. I'm always partial to UCF kids. Um,
2: if you had to pick between Tristan Hill or Kalen Saunders who are both Kaylin. probably in the third round. Kalen. Okay.
1: Um, but I, th- I think that would cover two positions of need. Just We've we've made a big splash this offseason. We had a huge draft last year. I think you can kind of overthink it a little bit. This is probably just going to be kind of a success looks like an unsexy three days.
0: I'm with you. Michael, yeah. you go ahead. We do you have thoughts on this? I do. You go for. Okay.
2: So my dream scenario is Jeffrey Simmons falling all the way down to the forty nine slot forty nine slot is our first pick. That's absolutely my like dream scenario. I would love for that to happen. I don't think he's going to. I think he's good enough that even though he's hurt and is likely to miss, a portion of this season, he's still going to get picked before 49. It's like a Jerry Jones special, I feel like. He might get picked like right before us, actually. Um, If that isn't an option, my next dream scenario is for one of these two players to be available. I want either Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at safety or Justin Lane, the cornerback (coughs) from Michigan State. Dane talking about him last week and hearing like others talk about him over time, including Pete and many other people. Like he's the perfect foil to Denzel Ward. Like how long he is. He's a former receiver. He's an ascending player. All of that stuff. Justin Lane just seems like the right fit for our other starting quarterback going forward in this, in this defense. And so either of those two players would be great. And then, Either a corner, you know, if we go safety in the second round, I want either a corner or defensive tackle in round three. And then those are the three positions I care about. I want two of those three positions um, in the first two picks. Defensive tackle, safety, and corner.
0: Did you say your worst-case scenario?
2: No. I didn't either.
0: All right, so my best-case scenario um, is actually, so I wanted Justin Lane. As a cornerback. But I also wanted Juan Thornhill. And I don't know how... Juan. Juan. Juwan.
2: Well, there's Juwan Williams, the corner corner from from Vandy. Vandy. And there's Juan Thornhill.
0: So it's understandably confusing. So if we could get Juan Thornhill, um, a strong safety that can stay there and play up in the box and... He's athletic as all get-out. Athletic is all get-out, get can run all across the field, makes tackle, strong tackler, and then also have a cornerback and have both of those paired together on their rookie deals and have them for a while. Um, I think that's the thing that we need most on defense. We won't be able to get him and Lane, though. I don't. That's my best-case scenario. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair um, enough. Fair enough. Um, all right, Matthew, worst-case scenario. We all have the worst-case scenario, right?
1: Yeah, I think, I think
0: the we might, true worst-case scenario
1: would be that we don't have our second and third-round pick because we traded them away to move up into the first round, or even worse, traded our first-round pick next year to trade back up into the first round paired with one of these two picks or something oh, okay, gracious, um, to go after a single player that John Dorsey has fallen in love with. Yes.
2: I do fear this about John Dorsey, is that he doesn't have the ability to be patient and control himself he 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 traded back in a couple instances last year but they were very minimal in the in in the situations where he traded back and this draft in particular doesn't seem like it has the type of talent where you would want to jump into the first round like everyone i've talked to seems or everyone I've heard that has been in the NFL and doing scouting for years and years seems to think that the very top end, you know, the Quinn Williams and the Nick Bosa, like those are really high level, like once in a generation type players. But after that, it's a pretty significant drop off. And from like the early to middle of the first round, all the way through the second round, you're kind of looking at the same tier of player. So don't sell the farm to jump up for like one player. I do trust Dorsey in his like player evaluation, but there's no sense in like throwing reason out the window to go after like one single player. The Browns just aren't one player away that's gonna like clearly push them over the top to like make all the difference.
1: For funsies, right now, if we traded back into the first round, it would be probably some pick after twenty-five. Twenty-five to thirty-two. You in, think in that okay. range? Sometimes the price to go up more than that is too high. Probably just too prohibitive. Yep. What player, if we do trade up, what player would you want in that range? Because like you like Jeffrey Simmons, but trading up no to the no first round to get Jeffrey no Simmons, is, you can't do it.
2: No way. There isn't a player. That's kind of my point. Like, there's not a player... Like, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson could go in that spot. But, like, the safeties are fairly deep. Like, as long as we get one of the first eight safeties, I'm pretty happy. Like, they're all guys that I could see being successful on the Browns. Whether it's him or Nasir Adderley or Juan Thornhill or the kid from Maryland. Like, there's a bunch of really solid... Or Taylor Rapp, who you like, like... There's all of these guys that can fill a role on our defense. Like, we don't move up for a safety. Corner, there's not a top level, like, Denzel Ward type talent that's going to come in and, like, turn things over. That's a position of need, but there's no one to go after in that spot. Even if Greedy or Byron Murphy are still
0: there, like, I don't want to trade up for either one of those guys. I think that, I think that we can't get someone that's going to fill one of those roles like safety or cornerback there for it to be worth it. But what would still get me excited if someone like TJ Hawkinson was still there and we jumped up and got TJ Hawkinson, I would be disappointed because we severely handicapped our team for a couple years to come, but to have, I don't think TJ Hawkinson's going to fall that far, but if he did and we saw it happen and we were going to jump in there, I mean, it's a tight end. It totally could. I would still be excited about it.
2: I guess it's true. I'm thinking purely through the lens of, like, what are the Browns' needs? Because I'm pretty sure that's how they're going to draft based on, like, the position, you know, the spots where we're at. Thinking outside, I probably would talk myself into being excited if, the, if they took Hawkinson or Fan, I mean, you know, in, like, that spot. I think you're right.
1: I can't imagine a wide receiver would be, no. be on the list.
2: Offensive tackle, though? What if one of the top three offensive tackles somehow dropped? And was available, like, late there. So either, like, a Jawan Taylor or Jonah Williams for some crazy reason or what's-his-face from Washington State, like... Yeah, Dillard. Andre Dillard. Like, you take one of those guys that, like, is there, like, late in the first round, like, I probably would have a hard time, depending on what you give up, that I could see that being reasonable. If you give up, like, two your second and your third to go into that spot, like... Okay. Maybe.
1: I just like the value at that second and third. Yeah, I'm I'm with Mark. I like the I like the Hawkinson.
0: I mean it'd be if exciting. He was,
1: if he was there, he's well rounded. He's exciting. I mean, the only other situation would be a guy who's got crazy talent and falls for a like Laramie Tunsil reason. <laughs> or <about>? something <laughs> like, like everybody just doesn't know what to do with with the late breaking news, what if like, Mont- so like, like Montes
0: sweat drops that far, because it was no, I don't like Montes. I sweat.
1: don't really like Montes sweat, but if it was like a, a who's a kid out of Florida State, the edge rusher Brand Burns. Burns, you know, if we wanted to go edge rusher or um,
2: they wouldn't do that for an edge rusher.
1: I wouldn't think so either, because we're pretty heavy on edge rusher, but you never know. I mean, it's those value positions. You're not going to trade up. You're not going to trade up to get a linebacker
2: no i just don't see it happening but who knows what dorsey's in love with you know what i mean and like the way the board falls and something just dorsey does what dorsey
1: wants dane mentioned that it's not out of the question
2: Oh, everyone thinks it's definitely possible. Dorsey's made comments,
0: like, in the media that, like... Well, but you have to, don't you? Don't you have yeah. to say that? Well, yeah, that's Like, you thing. can't I say, like... I don't he, trust he's anything always saying, that Dorsey says. He's always saying, we're constantly evaluating every option possible to make this the best football team we can. Like, that's just what... That's just what Dorsey does. All right, so last year, about this time, uh, we went through a bunch of the NFL prop bets. And Michael... You took the initiative, you printed out these prop bed sheets for us, and so we're going to allocate about $1,000 to each of us, we're going to go through, compete against each other, see who's going to make the most money tonight.
2: Yeah, when we did this last year, I listened to our podcast from last year, which I don't go back that far very often to do this, and first of all, we were like freaking... You have way gid-
1: too much time on your hands.
2: Well, I was working, and I was sitting here, and I was doing a bunch of emails, and then, wh- why not? So, first off, we were just freaking giddy. About the draft coming. It was a few days from the draft. We had four picks in the top 35. We're in, like, complete opposite situation this year. But we went through all of these, had fun, like, just looking at some ones we were interested in, and then we turned it into a contest, like, while we were doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So so that wasn't the original intent. But... (laughs) We're, I figure we might as well just start with it being a contest this year. So we're going with the adopted format from last year.
1: Any any silly embarrassing ideas in hindsight?
2: That came out. Um, there was like debate about like how many Ohio State players were gonna go in the first two rounds. Like we talked about that. There was there were some interesting ones. Um, whether Saquon Barkley was gonna go to the Giants or not like, was a big topic of conversation. Mark was, like, thinking they would take Bradley Chubb, and there was that back and forth. Mm. Mark Dave was hot. Gettleman. He was hot on the on the Bradley Chubb. And then Matthew completely railed on Dave Gettleman on how much of an idiot he was. Which is, which is
0: proven to be true. Proven to be true. Time aged, and time again. Aged like a fine wine. We should
1: pull that out and, <laughs> and make it an Instagram hit.
2: <laughs> oh. So... I think the way we do this, instead of going by prop bet by prop bet, we've all got $1,000 to allocate across these, and then we're going to compete as and see how it all plays out see who makes the most money, um, fake money, as we go. So, Mark, I'll start with you.
0: All right.
2: What is your first bet? Maybe start with one of the lower-value ones, like a, not one of the ones you feel real strongly about, but let's ease into this a little bit.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say... I'm putting down the New York Giants draft Dwayne Haskins.
2: Ooh, I'm in on this bet, too. I'm in on this bet, too. $200. I think that Which would pay out. Wait, you
0: say the New York Giants are going to take Dwayne Haskins. Yes. I have a different team. Okay. I think that Dave Gettleman's under a lot of heat. And I think that he needs to draft a quarterback. I don't know if he can handle, I don't know if he has the mental fortitude to handle the stress that he's under to go and continue to stick to his guns. We've heard him lie before. He said multiple times that he's going to take the best player available and that he doesn't need a quarterback, that he's not going to go for a quarterback. I think that he's going to go for a quarterback because he knows, everybody knows, New York Giants fans know. That they desperately need a quarterback and Dwayne Haskins gonna be the best one available there at six, and he's gonna go ahead and take it. So you
2: think him. he's gonna take him at six or seventeen? Six. Okay. So that's a plus plus twenty-two payout. So if you or two hundred and twenty payout. So if you bet a hundred dollars, you get two hundred and twenty back. How much are you putting into it? I'm
0: putting two hundred down.
2: Okay. Nice. So I'm on the same bet, but I'm taking much higher odds that the Cincinnati Bengals mm. will take Dwayne Haskins. Because I am hearing lots of strong, strong whispers that the Giants are interested in Daniel... Um, what's his face? Jones. Jones. I was about to combine Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. I was about to say Daniel Locke. Um, I think didn't. Daniel Jones is more likely to the Giants at either one of their picks. And the Bengals have to move in a different direction, away from Andy Dalton. They have a quarterback-oriented coach now, he's not going to want to work with Andy Dalton and his low ceiling going forward. He's going to want a guy that he can mold and put in his system and like work with from the very beginning. And I like those, I like those. Plus it's plus 1100 plus 1100.
1: hundred's crazy. So I'm putting 200 bucks there. You're going to have to overcome the Miami dolphins though.
2: The dolphins aren't taking their quarterback this year. I'm pretty confident in that.
1: It depends on if their quarterback's sitting there. Although the Bengals pick before the Dolphins, never mind.
2: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, Bengals plus really, eleven.
1: I really like that Bengals plus eleven hundred
2: bet. Are you on it? Was it not, one of the ones you put down? I'm
1: not. It's not one of the ones I chose. Yeah. But in in hindsight, I like that a lot.
2: Okay. So Matthew, what is your?
1: I kind of want to put all all thousand dollars <laughs> on. <laughs> no, I mean It'll it's like a, it's home. a little
2: high risk reward, but like I was like, good gracious, that's gonna really pay off if that hits.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. All right, so my first bet is the first defensive back drafted. So here we have listed Greedy Williams, Byron Murphy, DeAndre Baker, Nasir Adderley, or the field. I'm going to take the field at plus 400. Mm. I just think there's not a consensus on who the top DB in this draft is. Uh, but it's one of those I could see a guy. I could see a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson be, being the first DB off the board. In somewhere in the twenties, you know, I mean, you could see a kid like Rocky Sin be be the first DB drafted somewhere in the twenties. I mean, none of these DBs are going to get drafted high. It's just a matter of who's he going to be.
2: So I'm on this bet too. Right. I thought about taking the field. And I feel more strongly about Byron Murphy getting picked first. And so Greedy Williams has the lowest odds. It's plus 105. Then Byron Murphy at 245. DeAndre Baker, 490. Nasir Adderley, plus 850. Byron Murphy's a better corner in my eyes. And a lot of it is going to be scheme fit. Like Greedy Williams is more of like a press corner. Byron Murphy's going to play better in zone schemes. Who knows which one goes first? I don't know that it's going to be Byron Murphy, but at plus 245, I think he's a better player. I think a lot of other people think he's the better player. I, I like those chances. I'm putting $400 on Byron Ooh. Murphy, plus 245. How much did you put on Haskins? 200, but it's a big old payout. So, anyways. All, All right. right. So I've already given two of mine, so I'm
0: just going to go ahead and skip to Mark. All right, I'm moving to first wide receiver drafted. We got um, DK Metcalf at minus 165, Hakeem Butler at plus 500, AJ Brown plus 600, and Marquise Brown at plus 550. I'm going Marquise Brown is the first wide receiver drafted. All right. Um, And I'm putting $400 on that. I think that he is so fast, so skilled, so talented um, that teams aren't going to care. Anything else about him? Just the way that he looks on tape, and um, I think you can't get that dynamic of an athlete very often, and you're going to look back 10, 20 years from now, and he's going to be a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf is. I don't even think it's close.
2: So I listened to a lot of podcasts today, including our old one. Another one I listened to, which was a more current one, was Josh Norris from Roto World Had his like the same, he did the same podcast last year. It was my favorite podcast I listened to around the draft last year. He brought Dane and Joe Goodberry, a handful of like NFL like oriented like writers on, and they did their horizontal, they did their vertical draft board. Like if they were in a front office, who are our top players across position? Right. And so what he did basically is they all have their own published top tens. He took their top tens, which and accumulated, put through them all in a bucket, which ended up being 19 different players. And then they c- created a consensus top 10, like amongst the four of them, and then ranked them.
0: Hmm.
2: Makes sense? Yeah. And so one of the players that was in one of their top tens was Marquise Brown. Yeah. And what Dane brought up in the midst of that discussion, as they were actually kicking him out of the top 10, he was like, Before we do this, let's think about this. If Marquise Brown, at his lightweight and blazing speed and for all the skill that he has, if he has Deshaun Jackson's career, do you consider him a top 10 player in the NFL draft? Yes. And every single player, every single person was like, well, yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think, the, the, only I think question, the I think the Redskins take him at 15.
2: They could. They could. And you think that's the first one? That's the first one. It's definitely possible definitely possible anyways that the i have mentioned this on the podcast in the past but i can't wait to watch to see how these wide receivers fall out because there's about 50 different possibilities i can envision <laughs> and that's one of them i mean it's it's going to be fun
1: how crazy would you have to be to bet uh Riley ridley being the first wide receiver taken at Plus thirty three hundred. Wait
0: till you hear my I next. Mean, take. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm diversifying there in the wide receiver position. <laughs>
2: uh, all right, Matthew, what's your next one? All right.
1: My next bet that I've got is the number one draft pick. So Kyler Murray's at minus a thousand, Nick Bosa plus three fifty, Dwayne Haskins plus fourteen hundred. And I'm taking $200 on Quinton Williams plus 1600 to be the first overall pick in the draft.
2: Interesting. Give me your rationale here. Like, why?
1: I don't – I've never – and there's starting to be cracks in the armor a little bit, the Kyler Murray to Arizona um, talk. I've never quite understood why that made sense to, to use the first overall pick. To, to draft Kyler Murray if you're not 100% sold on him. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's a lot to like, but a lot to, to question. Yep. Quinnen Williams is such a good player. And throughout this whole process has been known, like, thought of as a player that's a can't-miss player that fits a position of need for the Arizona Cardinals. If you're not going to draft the quarterback because you already feel like you have it in Josh Rosen, yep. go take the best player available. Especially at a position of need, it's Quentin Williams.
2: All right. You said how much you put on that? Two hundred
1: dollars. Okay. At plus sixteen hundred.
0: All right. How much have you put down you so far?
1: Four hundred.
2: Okay.
0: I'm six hundred. I'm six hundred down. So
2: I like those odds. Those odds are strong. strong. Um, I don't think there's very many scenarios though where Kyler Murray doesn't go number one. I think either Arizona takes him, like has been rumored for months, or someone else trades up with Arizona and takes him. I think but that who I think that ninety eight percent of the scenarios are Kyler Murray going number one.
1: Really? Yes. Who who would be in that pool to trade up?
2: Well, I'll tell you about that
1: later. Okay.
2: In fact, let's just go for it. Great because call. great call. My next prop bet is the team to draft Kyler Murray. Arizona Cardinals -850. So you got to spend $850 to win 100. Yep. That's how confident my bookie is that Kyler Murray is going number 1 to the Cardinals. That's crazy to me.
0: Michael does not have a bookie. That's a website.
2: <laughs> New York Giants +800, Miami Dolphins +900, <clears throat> Oakland Raiders +900. That's my pick. Oakland Raiders going up to get Kyler Murray. Plus nine hundred.
1: How much are you putting on it? Two hundred bucks. So I actually have three hundred bucks on the Oakland Raiders picking Kyler Murray <laughs> at four. Okay. So at a plus nine hundred. I took the same bet that you yep. did. I like Kyler Murray to the Raiders. I think if he gets to the Raiders, or the Raiders have a chance to get him, yep. they're going to take him. So I have three hundred bucks. That's
2: funny. I just assume he's going to get go number one, and they're going to trade. him. and they've got the ammunition, right? They've got the twenty-four and the twenty-seventh pick. In the first round, they can throw another one of those in there. Somebody's got to move back, and they get another first-rounder. It's not crazy at all to think of the Raiders moving up if he's their guy and they want him. And everyone seems to think that John Gruden freaking loves Kyler Murray. And so John Gruden seems like the most wild card. (laughs) The most knee-jerkiest of any uh, executive in the NFL. So you had 300 bucks, you said, on that?
0: Yep. All
2: right. We're in the same boat. All right, just so how much di- different paths?
0: How much money have you spent, Michael? A lot. Um, 800 Spent 800 Okay. Now I'm going to throw a little something in here, and I feel really confident about this. I don't think Ky- Kyler Murray... No, I spent 600 Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I've spent um, 600 as well, and I've got $400 left, and I don't think Kyler Murray is just going to wear a black suit to the draft. <laughs> And I've been thinking this for a long time, actually. Um, This is what I was thinking about on Monday. Um, But as it turns out, it's one of the prop bets on here. Kyler Murray's suit color. We got black at minus 400. No chance. Blue at plus 200. Gray, plus 250. White, plus 300. And now here's where I start to fall. Red at plus 600. I'm no
2: suit at plus one thousand.
0: Yeah, no, I'm putting two hundred dollars down.
1: What is what is no 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 no, no no. Uh,
0: Let Mark get there. I am putting two hundred dollars down that Kyler Murray is gonna wear a red suit. That seems to make sense. A little toss up to Oklahoma days. Um, I'm pretty sure he's worn a red suit before. Didn't he wear a red suit at the Heisman?
1: He did. Um, Especially if he feels like he's getting drafted by the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, so that would make sense. It's gonna like if he thinks he's getting drafted by the Cardinals, he went to Oklahoma. He's already got a red suit no need to go buy a new one. He's, he's already got one. He should wear it. Right? No, 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 he seems like a frugal guy. Uh, he's going to just go ahead and wear that same red suit. And so I put $200 on that. Fortunately, I'm not putting $200 of my actual money on that cuz this is just a game. And then I put $200 down that Kyla Murray is not going to wear a suit at all for plus 1000 to the draft. Okay, so how does this play? I have no idea. <laughs> what that means at all but it was intriguing to me and i like how much money i could win if i did it
1: so to qualify as a suit would it have to be like a matching coat and pants in like a traditional cut like what if it's like mismatched does that not count as a suit like this is a good is, question is i also that, think it's fair
0: sport, there's a, a lot of gray area for trousers. me to wiggle my way in there yeah yeah, no, what's
2: going to be great is that we're not actually <laughs> placing this bet, so it's going to turn into just an argument
0: about <laughs> whether we, you're not going to say, no, that's not a suit, are you kidding me? I will happily engage. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Also, like, no suit also almost like implies that, that he's not going to wear anything at all. Yeah. Which, that <laughs> is an absurd option, which is definitely not going to happen. What are the odds for that? The <laughs> naked, Plus one million. The naked option? Naked Kyler. <laughs>
2: that's funny. How many more do you have left? I have one. Okay. I have one as well. You go ahead.
1: Okay. So my final bet, I have $300 that Dwayne Haskins' draft position is over 7.5 at plus 120 odds. Oh I think, I think that is so safe. I don't think there's a chance that Dwayne Haskins is getting drafted before the eighth pick in the draft.
2: Why? I just don't think the team's He's the second quarterback taken? But people move up for quarterbacks every year. Every year. So
1: people talk, and Dane said this, that he thinks four quarterbacks are going to the top 20. I just don't really see the quarterback needy teams, Um, especially because of the quarterbacks that are going to be available. Redskins want a quarterback? If the Raiders draft Kyler Murray, Derek Carr's available. If you're a quasi quarterback needy team, go get Derek Carr. Unless, How st- unless uh, instead of a mid-round, first-round quarterback.
0: That is one thing that's really interesting about the draft this year. There's going to be, possibly, if the Raiders draft a quarterback, multiple starting quarterbacks that are traded on draft day to other teams. Yeah. Like current starting quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gettleman's not going to draft him at six, I don't think. I, I think Gettleman's much more of a, a, a Daniel Jones, Drew Locke kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine El- Elway's trading up. Elway wants Locke anyway, I think. He does. I mean, the Bucks aren't going to draft a quarterback, I wouldn't suspect. They just re-signed Jameis for whatever. These
2: are hard things to rationalize on this side of the draft because no one in a million years thought the Chiefs were going to move up to take Patrick Mahomes.
1: But they moved up to 10. And I'm From 27. And I'm picking that Dwayne Haskins is selected at a higher position than 7.5. And I think it's the safest bet you could
2: take. All right. He's very confident in this. And I how much not, money are you putting but, on that? But Mark's, but Mark's first bet was that Gettleman was going to take Dwayne Haskins at number six.
0: I know. There's uh, and I, I think lot that's, that's really There's a lot of other people that also feel that way.
2: Like, like I, That's not, not unreasonable. I,
0: I wouldn't be... I'm nowhere near as confident as you are. At the best I also season. think that quarterbacks always get overdrafted every 10 times out of 10 a quarterback's gonna get overdrafted people move up to get their guy and haskins is the one two guy he's this
2: he's the number two guy in my book but my biggest question about that would be how does the nfl see dwayne haskins is he clearly the number two guy in this pecking order of quarterbacks if he is i feel pretty confident actually he'd be in the first seven and a half picks somebody's going to move up. It's going to be the Giants. Like, who I mean, knows? Look,
1: Dave Gettleman's an old school guy, right? Yep. The old school Bill Parcells, like, book on quarterbacks is you have got... There was my beer, you've bro. Gotta, you've got to have 13, like, college starts or 20-something. I don't even know what it is. Dwayne Haskins only played for a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are knocking him on that, on sample size and just worried that he's not going to be able to do it.
2: There's no, there's only one Dave Gettleman. You said, you started this with Dave Gettleman's an old GM, but you're saying he is the one spot at number six. Yeah. That like, seems like the Would likely scenario. So, so I, yeah, okay. I don't,
1: I don't think anybody's a threat to take Dwayne Haskins before Gettleman at six, unless somebody trades up for him. And I just don't think there's a huge market for Dwayne Haskins. Like people aren't pining, like falling over themselves to come get Dwayne Haskins.
0: There's also not a bunch of teams that have a ton of capital. Besides the Raiders, and if the Raiders don't.
2: Yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah. So my final pick is Ed Oliver's draft position. The line is set at six and a half. And I'm going to take the under on that all freaking day. And I got to pay a little extra to win that bet, but it's minus 115. I got to pay $115 to win 100 but I'm pretty darn sure that Ed Oliver is going to go before is the sixth pick or earlier. Who do you think he's going to? I would not be surprised if he goes to the Jets. I would not be surprised if he goes to the Raiders if they don't take a quarterback and don't do the Kyler Murray thing that we're prognosticating.
1: Wait, so on my sheet, the over... Six and a half is minus one fifteen and the under is minus one fifteen.
2: Yeah, it's it's my bookies making some money if people on this regardless. One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so stupid. It is stupid. That's a my bookie problem though. Not a mo- not a Michael Kuhn problem. <laughs> so, anyways. To me, he's one of the top three players in the class, and he's definitely gonna go in the first six picks. Do You think the Jets or the Raiders, is that what you said? The Jets or the Raiders are options. Um who picks number five? Tampa Why? Bay. Tampa Bay. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, there's. I just think there's so many options. Um, and I think he's also a guy somebody might want to trade up to get in that spot. Like it wouldn't shock me at all if there was a little swapping within the top ten for somebody to be able to jump ahead and take an Ed Oliver. So I do like me some Ed Oliver. That's four hundred bucks. I'm going strong and heavy on on that particular bet. Man, to not
1: win much. Yeah, no, I feel That's really confident. That's a lot of capital you invested for not a lot of return.
2: Um, I feel very confident in it. It's the most confident I feel of any of these bets.
1: Yeah, but if, if I just, like, happen to get slightly lucky on one of my more risky bets, I will definitely beat you in this it is, whole competition. It is
0: hilarious how this competition doesn't involve actual money, so we're way more inclined to just do to the risky. outlandish uh, thing. Oh, like, it's like, like, it's like bet, roll it. Like, bet $200 that Kyler Murray doesn't wear a suit to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this will be a fun little uh, side conversation as we uh, watch the first round that the Browns aren't actively involved in.
1: Let's
2: hope they're not actively involved.
0: Yeah, it's going to be boring, but it'll still be entertaining at least. Interesting. That would be the word I would use. Um, Well, if you are going to the draft, be sure to shave up, clean up. You got to look clean. And if you're looking clean, you got to shave with Barbasol. Uh, Shave with the Barbasol Ultra 6 Plus Razor. It's equipped with six ultra-thin blades and a seventh blade. It's an ultra-thin trimmer to refine and style tricky areas like under the nose, sideburns, or beard. Use discount code BROWNS, and you can get your starter kit for just $1.99 at Barbasol.com. That's a steal, guys. Just do it. Yeah. We have no vested interest at all. It's just for you. Go Browns.